vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs who are often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to our next interview. Today's guest, I'm excited about our conversation because we're gonna be talking about activism kind of intertwined with entrepreneurism. I know for many of you out there that listen to our podcasts and watch our videos, it's really a passion and a calling when you think about the businesses that you built. And it can sometimes be a tricky proposition to be able to kind of thread the needle as they say between how do you get the voice out? How do you drive change? How do you take the skills and the things that you've acquired and help move the movement forward, help support people, help change the world, but also do it as an entrepreneur? And I'm excited today about asking our guests how she does it, how she makes it all work, and also getting some insight on what our guest has learned along the way. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest today, Crystal Bonnet from Crystal Dawn culinary and today we're going to be talking about embracing culinary activism so crystal welcome to our show today hi thank you so much for having me i really appreciate you having me on today and having this conversation so as we dive in as we kind of jump into everything you have going on what i always love to do is rewind the clock a little bit i want to kind of start from the beginning meaning when you first started your business when you first said i want to do this you know what was it like maybe the year the six months leading up to it what was your inspiration what helped you kind of maybe mold together what type of business you wanted to build yeah so i had already had a farmer's market business where i was doing vegan raw goodies i was doing raw vegan chocolate and some dehydrated items and i was doing that for two years in edmonton alberta and then I started doing teaching because everybody kept asking me, they would come to the market and they would ask me for raw food classes. So that's kind of how I started teaching. And then I taught at home for a bit. 
Um, and then when I moved back to Vancouver, BC, I was interning with another raw food culinary school and I was doing some online work for them. And I was traveling the world teaching raw foods, raw food chef certification programs. And I just knew for me that wasn't sustainable. For one, I wasn't making any income. I was like, I can't do this forever. I have to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And I knew that there was no way that I could go back to working for someone. I couldn't go back to just working a normal job. So I'm like, I want to get this food out to the masses. I want to teach as many people as I can teach. So I, that's why that was my inspiration for taking it online. So I knew right then and there that I wanted to start an online academy. And at that time, the market had opened up and there was a gap missing in the market for it. And so I wanted to create raw dessert culinary course, because that was really where my passion was at the time. And I mean, everybody loves sweets. And so I just created, that was the very first course I created and I took it online and then it everything just spiraled from there. And it's been four years and I've launched a bunch of more courses since then. And it just keeps growing. And I'm just so happy that I did that and grateful that I have this amazing community. Yeah. I love it that you talked about community as well there in the end, because when we think about building our businesses, sometimes we like sit in our own little vacuum, like we sit in our own world and we're like, I could do this, I could do that. But it's so important when you're building products and services and really figure out, like you said, what's the gap, what's missing? What are people looking for? And being able to not just put out what you think people should be doing, but also offer something that meets them where they are. How, as you develop your roster of classes, what's been your process? Have you just been trial and error? Have you just been, you know, do you do polls and surveys? You know, what's been your process to make sure that you're continuing to service your community? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I do everything you had just said, (laughs) but I have made a lot of mistakes, of course. And in business, you have to make mistakes in order to learn. So I have made a lot of mistakes over the last four years, but I do what you said. So I've done a lot of polls and surveys. I'm constantly asking my community what they want from me. What do they want to learn? I'm also doing a lot of market research and seeing what's available and seeing what is missing. I like to try to do things differently in my industry. So I do everything at a very high level. And that was my brand from the beginning. I wanted to bring super high quality in everything that I do down to my videos, to the way that I deliver my courses and all the way down to the student experience because the student experience was always number one for me. And that was the main driver in picking everything that I chose down to my online platform that I use. And still to this day, I mean, I'm always thinking about the student experience. I just updated the entire back end of my online platform um, just to make it so much better user-friendly and organized. So I'm constantly doing things to update, um, maintain. I'm also updating my courses all the time because as a creative, I'm always coming up with new things. And I, I think it's important to put new things out, even in courses that people have already purchased. I'll update those courses. So yeah, I do, you know, plus everything that you had said with the surveys and everything. So I try to really listen to the community and again, just, yeah, trying to put something out that I feel like is missing, but also that is going to be fun for me. So for example, it's funny how things work sometimes because I just launched this dehydrating series 
Oh yeah, I saw and that on your site. Four week. It's a four week series because um, I had all these dehydrated recipes that I wanted to get out in the world, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? I don't want to just do like a linear lifetime access course. So I wanted to make it more fun, more engaging, more interactive. So it's a mix of pre-recorded and live videos, but everything is dripped. So they focus on one category every week. And this has been the most successful thing that I've done all year. And honestly, I just put that out because just for something for fun, like I wasn't even thinking about it being successful. I just was like, this is going to be super fun for me and for everybody. We're going to get on Zoom. We're going to do these classes. Everyone's going to have all this amazing food, raw food that they're going to get to eat for the entire month. And then it just ended up being the most. Now, when I say successful, I don't just mean core sales. I mean, um, interaction and participation because participation for me is number one. I don't care if I could sell thousands of courses. If people aren't participating, I don't think that's a successful course. I want people to actually do the work and actually participate and make the recipes. So um, for me, this series that I just launched has been the most successful in that sense, for sure. I'm so glad you said that because that is one of the, I think, most challenging things about courses is that you can sell courses, people will buy courses, but getting people to engage, getting people to show up, getting people to even watch the videos, you know, can be really challenging at times. And, you know, it's an interesting challenge because in our minds, I think sometimes as the creator, we're like, you bought this, don't you really want it? You know, it seems counterintuitive, but there is a huge component of the experience and how do you engage people and how do you make sure people feel welcome and so forth. Mm How have you found your style in your courses? How have you found your mix? Because we all talk about engagement at times, but engagement doesn't mean the same thing to everyone and to every audience. So how did you Mm -hmm. find out what was your flow and how to keep your people kind of connected and feeling like they're a part of not only the course, but it's like their own experience is important as well. Yeah, I think that number one is just learning again from your mistakes, but also for me, because I'm a culinary academy and I produce culinary programs, for me, participation means people not only engaging in the community, but actually doing the recipes. So I find that making it fun and interactive, but also for me as a teacher being super present, and this is one comment that I get from my students all the time. Um, especially when they write reviews, is they're always amazed at how present I am and how responsive I am. So, because you know, there's a lot of online courses that you can buy online and you never hear from the instructor, right? You'd have no interaction with the teacher or the instructor at all. But with me, it's totally different. Um, I'm most of the people that I follow on social media are my students and like they are my main priority. So, I will only get back to students first, honestly. Mm. And then when I have time, I'll get back to whatever messages I have. But if they're not a student of mine, they go down on the list because I, if you are a paying student and you are in my community, you are my number one priority. So, but also just being supportive. I mean, I love seeing what they're up to even outside of my program. So just being really supportive and, you know, being their biggest cheerleader because I really want them to succeed in eating healthy and bringing this um, food into their life. So, yeah. So I'm curious. I heard a couple of things in there about how you kind of jump into social media and interact with your students. Are you proactive in that? Do you, like, if they posted a recipe or especially they 
make one of your recipes, you know, do you comment on the post? Are you direct messaging? I mean, I don't want to give away all the super secrets, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious, you know, how do you do that engagement? Because I know a lot of people are trying to find their way and maybe they can learn from from your experience. Yeah. Well, so I'm really lucky because I have the most amazing students and they always tag me and everything. So then of course I see it right away. So it's easier to see it that way, right? So it'll come mm -hmm. up. I also have a public Facebook group where people can post their recipes. So the students are really active in there. So I'm always checking, like I'll check my Facebook groups. I'll check my tags on social media and um, just go from there and respond. So yeah, I mean, it depends on whether they post or they message because some people won't post at all, but they'll just message me the work that they're doing. So I'll either, you know, respond whichever way they have presented the material. So if they're posting it and commenting, if they're messaging me, then of course I'm messaging back. So a little bit of both. Okay, perfect. It sounds like a, a pretty cool balance. The other thing I heard in, you know, when you were talking about the experience, you were saying that you learned a lot from mistakes, from challenges. And one thing we always love talking about being the Pivot Podcast is pivoting through a challenging time, pivoting through, you know, a shocking mm -hmm. moment or a shocking time in your business. Do you have a story that you want to share or do you want to kind of talk through where, you know, was a big aha for you, whether things turned out, you know, differently than you expected or, you know, you had a challenge that you had to get, get over that roadblock. I'm just curious if you have any of those kind of transition stories, because they tend to really help our audience. And many of us often are going through them as we're building our businesses. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole year has been a huge transition for me and I'm going through a big transition as well in my business because I actually shut down my biggest course, which is the Raw, Raw Dessert Chef Certification course. And I closed enrollment December 31st of last year. And that was a huge risk and challenge for me because it was my, it was where I got most of my income from. But the problem, that was the very first course that I had ever launched. And it was just super unsustainable yeah. um, in every way because it was the first one I launched and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, one-time payment and they get all the updates. We're going to do monthly live classes because I just wanted to give everything. I'm like, I just want to teach them everything I know. So what happens is, you know, people pay a one-time payment and they have lifetime access to all of this updated content. And then so in the end, I wasn't, of course, making really any money because I had everybody really in there. But here I am, you know, spending all of these resources, keeping it going and updating and doing the monthly classes and having paying experts to come in and do like a talk or a workshop. So the decision was, yeah, that I was going to close down enrollment, which I did get every, everybody through that program by the end of this year. And now I'm going to be launching something new in a different format. Um, so that hasn't been announced yet, but it's going to be a totally different format, but it's going to be an updated version of the Raw Dessert course launching in September, October, probably. Oh, good. So that was like my biggest challenge, I think, throughout my whole business and the biggest transition for sure. Now, did you feel like, I know sometimes when people have to make big decisions in their business, they have to transition it's not just the decision that has to be made. It's kind of the emotion that we have around sometimes these decisions. Either A, like you said, it's your first course. So sometimes because it's our first one, you know, we 
you know, we want it to live on forever. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we have this emotional thing because we know that people will be disappointed because we made a change or we decided. And it's kind of like juggling those emotions can be hard. And maybe I'm asking too personal of a question, but like, how do you manage not just the decision to make and the planning, but how do you manage those emotions when you have to make these like big transitions and you know that, you know, you may not get completely positive feedback from the community, even though you know it's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. How do I manage <laughs> the emotions? Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, every day is very different and it's very up and down. And some days I have days that I just want to quit. I had a lot of days like that this year. I think more days than not, you know, where you just want to throw in the towel, but you just keep going. I think for me, it takes time. You just get used to it. It's just like how being so public on social media, you know, in the beginning, you're so sensitive to any negativity that you get or any negative comments. Now, after four years, it's like, it doesn't even phase me and I don't even respond to those. I don't even put any energy into those people. And so I think really it just takes time and really just getting used to it. Um, But I mean, as you know, being an entrepreneur, it's a lot of emotions. I mean, you're learning new things every day, which is why I love doing this. Because when I was an employee and I just had a job, I would get so bored because I would learn everything I could in a position. And then I would move on to a a new position within the company so that I could learn that. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? Where were this, doing this for four years? I mean, you never get bored because it's different every day. You're constantly learning, especially because the online industry is changing constantly. So you're having to stay up to date on everything. So, I mean, yeah, I hope that uh, answers your question. It does. And I love it because I think for a lot of people, the strain of being an entrepreneur, you know, that that strain of it's constantly changing, there's new things to learn. You know, I love that you you positioned it as a positive. I think for a lot of people, they feel that as pressure as opposed to opportunity. And I'm hoping some people that kind of, you know, are listening today that maybe they'll change their perspective a little bit because I agree with you. When I was in corporate America, I loved all the different positions and jobs, but you'd always take the next job for the next challenge. And as an entrepreneur, you know, these challenges and these opportunities, but these things that kind of make you grow a little bit, like it's so amazing when I have a chance to like look back, even like two months or three months and you're like, I'm not the same person because I went through those things. I'm open to new things. I'm, you know, I see things a little bit differently. Or like you said, I, you know, the negative stuff, it's like, eh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, you get through kind of those experiences. I don't know. Do you feel the same way that like, it's not just this kind of like pressure, you know, you know, we're not just in like a, a crock pot here <laughs> cooking all the time. <laughs> the idea is that there's just so much opportunity. And if you sometimes look back, on things or have the time to look back on things. There's so much beautiful things that even happen while you're maybe mm-hmm. on this like, you know, you know, bumpy path. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and it's funny because I used to hate all of the tech stuff that came with doing the online business. And now I kind of love it. And I've always loved food photography. So I really, you know, liked working with the camera and the creative side of it. And so this year, I actually, because I couldn't afford to do professional videography anymore to hire someone. So I'm like, I'm just going to learn how to do it myself. 
And so now I do all my own filming, which was a huge challenge because I use three cameras. So not only do I have to think about the food, (laughs) you know, it's a lot. I have to think about the food and I do it all on my own. I don't have someone here helping me. So I have to set everything up. I have to get all the food set up and prepped um, and have all of that on my mind. So I'm thinking about the tech, but then I'm thinking about how the recipe is going to turn out and what I'm going to say in my recipe video. Um, And that just came with experience. Now it's way easier before it would take me like an hour to set everything up for filming. And now it takes me like 20 minutes, but yeah, it's, it's, so that was a huge challenge for me. And actually one of the things that I um, really pat myself on the back for because I never thought that I would ever be able to do that. Even from the beginning, I was like, there's no way that I could do my own filming. And now to do that is totally amazing. So yeah, like you said, we're, it's a growth too, as well. Like I feel like this year, definitely I've grown a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's can be beautiful to, to watch sometimes your own growth. And also sometimes your community can see it. Like I'll get surprised when someone will send me a note and they're like, I love the new formats of the emails. And I'm like, I'm like, thank you. Someone noticed, you know, that we changed the format or, you know, you tweak things or, or things like that. So it's, it's also great when your your community can see some of the changes. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about is, especially as we talk about changes, we've been talking about your courses. We've been talking about how you got started mm-hmm. with courses, but we also have cookbook, right? Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about the cookbook. Let's get everyone caught up on that. Oh, Yeah. So I just launched my cookbook, The Art of Raw Desserts, December of last year, and This was a huge project for me. For anybody who has written their own cookbook, I applaud you. And I have so much respect for you because writing a cookbook is not the easiest thing in the world. And it was definitely a huge project to take on. I never thought that I would write a cookbook. It was definitely something that wasn't on my list. But when the publisher came to me, I just really liked them. We had a really good uh, couple of meetings. And so I decided to sign on with them to do this cookbook called The Art of Raw Desserts. Um, And it took two years. It took two years from the time when when I signed the contract and the release date. So it was a two-year project and it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Wow. Two years is a lot. It takes a lot of dedication to pace yourself through that, that kind of two-year yeah. process. Oh, and actually, I have one here. I'll just show you. Oh, nice. Here it is here. Oh, it's beautiful then, on the cover. Yeah, it turned out, it turned out way better than I thought it would. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And what I loved about it is it made me a better recipe developer, a better recipe writer, and a better food photographer because I did all my own food photography for it. So it really kicked me in the butt to upgrade all of my gear and to focus on that more. So it was a lot of fun. Now, for anyone who's picking up a two-year project, like a lot of us, you know, we see other people do it and we're like, oh, I can go do it. Yes, I'm going to go do that. But we don't realize it, it takes that time. How do you pace yourself through those types of projects? Because at times it feels like, you know, why don't I just create an ebook and <laughs> publish it tomorrow or publish yeah. it, you know, two weeks, as opposed to doing, you know, a true cookbook, getting it out, distribution and all that stuff. You know, how do you pace yourself so that, you know, the impatience of today doesn't push you away from mm-hmm. doing these bigger projects and doing this kind of long-term um, missions? 
Well, thankfully for me, I was very busy at the time. I was also creating and launching a brand new course. So I had a lot going on, so I didn't have time to be impatient. <laughs> so, But it was the way that the schedule worked out because there was, you know, um, one month would be copy editing and then the next month would be, okay, getting in all of your photos and then they would like gear you up for all the marketing. So there, it never felt like I was waiting and waiting. I know for people who were, had pre-ordered it, they f- probably felt like they were waiting months to get the book. But in that time, we were always doing something um, in the background to get the book out. So yeah, it always felt like we were doing something to work on it. So it never felt like I was waiting and had any time to be impatient at all. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and I think... That's the thing about being an entrepreneur is you are constantly juggling a lot of different priorities. So there is that kind of feeling of, you know, how do you get all those priorities? But um, I also love, and I don't know your perspective kind of on the entrepreneur side of things, but I always love it when I do have multiple projects going at once, not only because one can feed the revenue into the business Mm -hmm. to cover the new project, Um, But also it can create a level of stability in a business when you have multiple kind of ways of generating revenue, multiple ways to be creative, multiple ways to communicate and connect with customers and clients and students. And it creates a more dynamic business as opposed to I think sometimes people like pick this one project and go really strong on one project and they don't get that diversity so they can kind of you know, tucker themselves out or get a little bit frustrated because, you know, they don't have that diverse balance. Do you kind of manage your business the same way? Do you kind of make sure you have different projects you're working on, different revenue sources to kind of stabilize the business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm always doing something. That's the thing. So for instance, right now I'm supposed to be working on my new raw dessert offering, right? And I'm supposed to be really focused on that. But then I came out with this dehydrating series. And at the same time, I'm doing a bunch of one-on-one trainings. So yeah, I definitely have all these different avenues of revenue that I'm bringing in exactly like you said, to keep yourself sustainable until you launch the next thing. Yeah. And I'd love that we've been talking about all the great stuff you're doing. We've been talking about the work you're doing and everything, but we didn't talk too much about the activism piece. I just realized I got so excited about everything. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, how are you bringing activism into food, into your culinary academy? Like, how do you incorporate that? Yeah. And actually, so this is one thing I always say for me being vegan and my way of vegan activism is through food. I mean, I'm not one to be, you know, hanging out with like the the groups on the side of the street and holding posters. That's just not my, not my style. So what I do is I change people's minds through vegan food and show them how tasty and good it can be. And what I was really shocked actually through one of my surveys that I did a while ago, I wanted to see actually how many people were, how many of my students were actually vegan and only 50% of my students are vegan. Yeah. So the other 50%, they're either just wanting to learn something creative and new, or they're, they're curious about this lifestyle and then incorporating more. Like I've had so many students who have come to me and said, I was never vegan before, but after eating all of this raw food, I mean, I just can never go back. I mean, this is how food is supposed to taste and people just enjoy the creative part of it so much more than cooking with animal products. So 
that is a huge win for me. That's when I feel like I've made a difference. And that's definitely my way of activism. Perfect. Perfect. Now we've been talking about all the things you do, the cookbooks, the courses, you know, we're talking about all the changes that you're going through. I think one of the challenges as an entrepreneur is that we can lose ourselves in the process. We can mm -hmm. find ourselves that we're just in the grind and we haven't necessarily found great ways to refuel, great ways to take breaks, great ways to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, even as we're teaching other people how to take care of themselves, take care of their health and so forth. Do you have any things that you're doing to kind of make sure you ground yourself every once in a while, that you make sure you don't get kind of consumed by it all, the tech and all of that, all that good stuff that's always yeah. on our to-do list? Well, I'm probably not the best person to ask this because I am uh, notorious for burning myself out to the point where I have to go to Thailand for two weeks and do a detox. <laughs> so like, I mean, for me, I there's definitely weeks of more balance than not. Um, mm -hmm. There was just a just a couple of weeks ago, seven days straight, I did 16 hour days and I was so burnt out. And I actually haven't even, I've taken one day off in like a couple of months, I think. But um, it's really, really hard for me to step away from my business because then I get really behind and I'd rather just stay up to date on everything than taking time off. For me, the biggest challenge too with having this balance is that I don't have a team. I'm still doing everything on my own. I contract people out for specific things, but next year, that is my goal is to have a team in place and to have someone working for me full time, working with me full time so that I'm able to, you know, take those breaks and take some time off and have a weekend off and, you know, stop working at 5 PM and actually have an evening. But it is the control thing too, right? I mean, I'm a bit of a control freak. I think most entrepreneurs are. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to give up that control. But I always take breaks. So for instance, in January of this year, I went to Thailand for two weeks. Good. And I went off social media completely. I did, I think, just a couple emails and that was it. And so I was very rejuvenated when I came back. I had a lot of creativity. For me too, my creativity also comes and being able to develop new recipes after I've taken a break. So this year, I'm already planning in October, I'm taking a break after I launch my new raw dessert offering, because I will definitely need a break by then. So I take breaks, you know, when I need to. Um, I've been really good also too lately at saying no to things that overload my schedule. Like if I say no, I cannot take it on, then, you know, I'm sorry, I cannot. Yeah. So I think just, it's also a huge learning process. I mean, I take time, I still take time to take care of myself in the sense that I eat really healthy, I exercise. I have to exercise consistently because that is like my meditation and that's the way that I relieve stress. So I make sure I do my exercise. I'm making my juice in the morning. I'm eating good. Um, so doing those things during the day really helps as well and help me keep going. Perfect. No, that's good. So you have a lot of things that you're you're doing. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's. I think sometimes we all feel like we could do more, but it's good mm -hmm. to hear that you're getting that exercise in because I think that's one of the key things and the consistency around it is key. And I like the idea of going away, 
you know, doing that kind of detox and pulling yourself away from things. Because even when I try to do a weekend getaway, it's really hard for me not to be checking my phone, checking my Slack with my team. You know, it's so easy to even get away and still be plugged in. So I think that's Mm -hmm. amazing that you took that time off and you completely unplugged during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you need it definitely. And I'm taking actually a social media break right now. As of last night, I'm totally off social media until um, Sunday. So sometimes I do that as well when I'm able to and I don't have something big going on like a promotion or anything like that. So that is great to hear. So Mm -hmm. one thing I want to make sure is as people are listening to this, watching this, they know how to get in contact with you. They know how to sign up for some of these courses and they make sure that they check out the cookbook and order the cookbook. Can you give everyone website social media handles, how they can find you just so that they can, after listening to this, take some action. Yeah. So everything is under my business name, which is Crystal Dawn Culinary. Uh, So they can find my website is crystaldawnculinary.com and you can find everything there. There's all the links to buy the book. I have my courses page that show all of my online offerings for my raw food and raw desserts. Um, And all my social media handles are all Crystal Dawn Culinary as well. Perfect. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with me. The time went a little bit fast. I think we were having, we were talking about so many different topics um, that it was so wonderful for us to, you know, have some time here today. As we wrap up, is there any final motivation or any final kind of recommendation you'd have to our audience if anyone's kind of feeling stuck in their business right now, or they're feeling a little bit down about their business or just generally struggling? Any words of advice or motivation that you would like to maybe provide them as we wrap up today's interview? Yeah. So actually one of my favorite motivational speakers is Ed uh, Milet. And he said something the other day that really struck me. He said, if you are not feeling these growing pains, like if you are not feeling all these negative feelings like burnout and like you just want to quit, then you're not doing it right. Because <laughs> that's normal. And that's when growth happens. So if you are feeling that and you're feeling stuck and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling stressed, that it will pass. But just know that that means that you're on the right path. You're growing. You are doing something important. Um, and just keep going because, you know, they say too, and I forget who said this, but only 4% of business owners don't quit and keep going. So like be that, be that 4%, be that 4% because those 4% are the ones that succeed. So just keep going and uh, don't quit and it'll all work out. Perfect. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christopher. Those words of wisdom and inspiration because I do think, like we even said earlier, many of us have plenty of days we want to like scream into a pillow at times, but keeping going, keeping this movement going, and also just being there to help people and support people. It's just a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing to be able to do. So thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was wonderful having you on our podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for everyone. We saw a couple people joined us live. It's so great to see people when you join live. We really, really appreciate you. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them 
in the comments in whatever social media platform you're in. If you watch this as a replay or listen to this on our podcast, if you have any questions for our guests, always email them to them or send us to them to us and we'll make sure we get them to our guests. But thank you so much for being here today and we will see everyone in our next interview. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.